Hello and welcome back to Attracts Podcast. I know there hasn't been many as of recently, so but hopefully we will sort of get back into the swing of things coming into the new year. Um, we are doing other things like YouTube at the minute as well. So if you want to check that out, it's just tracks on YouTube and we're posting sort of news articles, sorry, news sort of videos about weekly news, um, shoe news, transfer news, we like to call it, where which teams people are joining, uh, as well as that, we're doing some training videos on there. So we, we are actually still doing things, but the podcast is just sort of taking a backseat in recent weeks. Uh, today, I'm joined by Josh, who is our writer. I guess if you want to give him a title, how, how are you doing today, Josh? I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, been better, been better. But it's you know just taking along. I guess in lockdown at the minute in the UK, there's nothing really exciting going on. And there's some. There is one thing exciting going on in your life. Actually, what's that? That we should that we need to talk about, and that is that the reigning Olympic champion commenting on your Instagram, congratulating yeah. you on your move to Bowman Track Club. Well, two things then. Okay, so first of all, yeah, Matthew Centritz commented on my personal Instagram account. I definitely didn't ask him to do so, um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Um, and also, NM Running Team DM'd me today asking for my email address and phone number and oh. address. So that's interesting. I don't know what's happening with that, but yeah. So that's that's. Fun. Elliot, Elliot Elliot Kipchoge is coming to your house. Let's just like let's believe big and see what happens. Well, yeah, he's turning. He's staying at mine. Um, <laughs> it, I'm I'm going to be training him for his London Marathon this year. He just wanted a fresh sort of setup to try and approach it differently. Um, also, I don't want to speak about this too much because it probably won't happen. But I probably, I'd say I don't know. I don't know the percentage chance of it happening. I probably shouldn't say it probably won't happen. But we are currently in talks to go on a training camp to Sierra Nevada, which is where the Ingebrigtsens are currently training. And we are currently speaking to Norway Athletics. Um, so, yeah, maybe, hopefully, I'm not getting too hopeful about it, but just stay tuned because we might have some content featured around the Ingebrigtsens quite heavily coming quite soon. But that is up in the air very much so. And I don't want to get hopeful or get you excited, but that might happen. So just stay tuned yeah. for that. Other than that, though, pretty boring, pretty bland. We started a team, Tracks to Elite. That'll be getting announced soon as well. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, trying to run a business is stressful. I'm calling it a business because that's what we're trying to make it. And Well, there's just so many different things with YouTube, with the podcast, with articles, with, you know, it's a lot to think about, isn't it? There's a lot to think about doing, trying to do, uh, trying to do everything. But I did notice actually that we're doing it right because there's a, a new running account. I think they called Runners Stride or Running Stride. And somebody replied to their story when they said, you know, what do you want to see from us this year? And someone replied to them saying, just bloody do what tracks to do. So we're obviously killing it, mate. I don't know. I hopefully, hopefully more people have the same impression as as you on that. Um, interestingly, actually, I've 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 created accounts on Instagram called Sprintster and Fieldster, believe it or not. Because um, obviously tracks, are, as much as we want to try and be inclusive to everything, we will still be inclusive to everything. But I know we definitely have a biasness towards distance running. And it wouldn't be fair to our followers now to not carry on having that biasness. So obviously we will try and incorporate all the news, but still have the same sort of content Um theme as what we're having now probably hopefully improve it with original content 
but hopefully soon I will start posting Sprintster and Fieldster uh, stuff. So which is going to be obviously Sprints dedicated and also Field dedicated. So if anyone's interested in them, you'll be able to find them on Instagram. Um, the, the Fieldster app, I don't actually think is Fieldster. It's something close to that, but you, you should be able to find it anyway. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned for that if you're interested in that. I'm guessing most of you listening are distance runners and are solely interested in distance unless you're an absolute athletics geek like me. So I think sprints, I think sprinters as well, man. I think that's pretty generous. They get so much like publicity as it is. So get, giving them a dedicated Instagram account that is, uh, is very generous of you. It'll just be loads of pictures of, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The British sprinter who just is like permanent beast mode. Harry Akins Arite. That's the one. Yeah. So yeah. That's the one. That's the difference between an athletics geek and a non-athletics geek. I'm the, I'm the biggest I'm the biggest athletics geek out there. I actually think I am. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd like to challenge anyone who thinks they're as geeky as me um, or sad as me or like a obsessed with athletics as me because I don't think there is. I honestly don't. Who else has a... I agree. Who else starts an Ingebrigtsen fan page originally, and then? Yeah, I mean, we we I don't think that could ever be talked about enough on the podcast that tracks the started as. What was it? Uh, Team Ingebrigtsen. <laughs> yeah. Class. Um, although, did you watch their videos today? They've been posting from Sierra Nevada. I did. And yeah, what, I have seen that. I mean, if, I if Jacob Ingebrigtsen doesn't get you ready for Monday with his motivational speech motivational quote then I don't know what will frankly what what, what was it if um never look back because some I might try, should I try and do an impression let me, just let me find it and I might try and do my Jakob Ingebrigtsen impression hold on they actually did a swimming race as well where they gave each other nicknames and Henrik won the race and oh, did he? yeah Jakob the shark Henrik the whale and Philip the fish definitely <laughs> Um, right, let me find the video. Let me just listen to it, so and then I can do my impression. Right. Yeah. So he goes, keep on going, never stop, never look back, because there might be somebody stupid behind you. <laughs> right. I I think that was a mixture. I know I know you have some Jamaican heritage as well, so I'll let you off there. But that I'm pretty sure that was. If anyone watched Cool Runnings, you did sound like someone <laughs> off that. But you also sounded a bit like Yoda towards the end. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, I did. I noticed as I was saying it, I was like, I can't. Jakob Ingebrigtsen is Norwegian, not Dutch. But, you know, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take that as a decent impression. If only I could run as fast as him, that'd be sad. But, well, you never know. With with your great coach, you probably give it a year and you probably drop in sub 13 for 5K. Yeah, I could, I could do with a great coach. If anyone knows any great coaches, just hit us up and let me know. I'm desperate for a great coach. Inspired Running Club is uh, probably the best coach out there. Uh, just same. <laughs> no, right. seconded. Seconded. On on to some actual news. So we're not gonna we're not gonna make this a news podcast because I want to speak sort of about what we want to do this year with Trackster and stuff. Um, but we did obviously upload another news article, and something I wanted to touch on is these Han shoes. Have you have you seen these? So we're recording a oh, podcast yeah. with with the owner next next week or the week after, and I'm very intrigued by this brand. Um. I mean, they, it's you. like, yeah, it's like something that is completely out there compared to everything, um, everything we've seen before. I've got to be honest. Now, honestly, when, 
we ask the owner when it comes on a the pod, they're not the most aesthetically pleasing looking shoes, I think it's fair to say, right? But this technology they've got with the springs on has got to be, yeah, there's got to be something there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it just looks at the minute to me, it kind of looks like a futuristic car. I don't, I, that, that's, <laughs> that, if, if you've seen Tron Legacy, it looks like something off Tron. Um, yeah. it does look good it looks interesting and if if the science is right what, what they're saying it's going to be very beneficial but it's weird because mm. I want I like foam and it's not really it's obviously got foam but a lot of it is that sort of spring which is funny because it's ironic because everyone says oh you're running on springs well you, you literally are running on a spring in this yeah. pretty much yeah they remind me if people haven't seen them what they remind me of and I might be showing my age a little bit here not that I'm that old but um in in school when they used to have those springboards in gymnastics that's what they look like on the bottom of the shoe it looks like it's got two mini springboards on the back of the shoe i think that's what it looks like um so it's it's gonna be intriguing to see what sort of propulsive effect they have well the the thing i'm worried about is you get the old you get the old-fashioned guys saying Oh, it's ruining the sport. It's and everything like that, which I think is going to happen in this case. But it'll be interesting to see if actually if you can actually race in them because at the minute they don't look like shoes. What you a race legal? But yeah, yeah how would you work out the stack height? Yeah, where would you measure it from? Because exactly it's, the whole shoe is like that. It's it's an, it's an interesting one. Um, but they well, are just on. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Just no, say, you just go on for the it, point about fine. just on the point about new technology. Um, Seb Coe was actually saying, I think last week I saw him quoted to say that he is, bearing in mind he's the boss of World Athletics, he's saying that he really embraces the new technology. And so I think I can't see yeah, any reason it earns why all the money. Athletics, well, exactly. So I can't see why World Athletics would just necessarily want to ban it just because it's a bit out there. Well, it's just the people who complain about the world records, etc. But but then the same people will then say, oh, the athletes still have to run. So it's just people like moaning, really. That's all it is. Um, they need, I'll tell you what they need to do, though, hand shoes. They need to do a better job of marketing it because during the whole time we've been talking about hand shoes, I've been also trying to Google hand shoes just to remind myself of the picture. And you can't even find it on the... On yeah, Google. they are, it's they are a very, very new... Bros. They are a very, very new company and they're starting the marketing push next next week or so. And that's when we're recording the podcast, so... Um, yeah, just keep a lookout for it. It does look very promising. Obviously, I'm going to review a review a pair on the Tracks to YouTube channel as well. So stay tuned for that. And now, on to the next bit of news I want to talk about on the shoes part of thing is the Adidas Super Spikes. Have you had a chance to look at them? Uh, we didn't really cover them that much on our on our news video, but we just mentioned them. They look very good, very very they good, do, don't they? They do. And I have to say, it would be quite a good thing, I think, for for track races if this was a gen if this turns out to be a genuine competitor for the, the Dragonfly and the and the uh, Air Victory, is it? Um yeah, the Air Zoom Air Zoom Victory, I think Zoom, it's called. Air Zoom yeah. Victory, yeah. Because at the moment they're pretty much just dominating completely. And you know, it'd be nice to see another competitor you know give them a bit of a push so that every so that all the technology improves because you've seen 
in the road world, when Adidas really put their mind to it, they can make some really nice shoes, like the Adios Pro done so well this year. So hopefully it's a genuine competitor. But I've, to be fair, my experience of track shoes are far more limited than you know, so you could probably talk about it a bit more. Like what would you what would you want the shoe to be, if you know what I mean? What exactly what Adidas are bringing out, I'm not gonna lie. Um, the dragonfly was near perfect but the aggressiveness probably wasn't there sometimes or like the push forward Um, but this new Adidas shoe Adidas Spike has got the rods in them as well so it's got the rods what are in the Adidas super shoe so I'd I'd say that's that's sort of what you want and you want a shoe what's designed for your distance like the dragonfly is designed from 1500 to 10k which to me is a bit broad um, whereas this, this is, there's two spikes that are coming out. One's designed for the eight and fifteen. One's designed for the five and ten. Obviously, that's mainly marketing, but it still has some sort of substance behind it. So, yeah, I, I don't know because I love Nike. I love Nike, sorry, and I've always worn them to racing. But if Adidas have got a better shoe, it'd be stupid not to wear Adidas. Yeah, and it'll be so. interesting to see, you know, how Nike respond to it because. I think we, we mentioned this maybe in the last week's pod. They've sort of, you know, with the next percent too, I feel like they've resting on their laurels a bit. You know, they're thinking, oh, we, we sort of made it with the next percent. It's so much more expensive than your, all the other shoes. We're not going to bother with a redesign. So hopefully this might give them a kick at the backside they need to um, to push it on because ultimately that's what's going to make all the equipment better is com- competitiveness amongst the companies, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm slightly worried from a Nike's perspective that I, I think they'll go back to sort of where they were before um, the Kipchoge era, where they were just putting out stuff for the standard runners. Because Kipchoge, as much as I hate to say it, is probably very near the end of his career. Um, and who who's the like the poster Flash boy of Nike? But who is like the poster? Who's going to get the numbers in for Nike after that? Um, like the best runners, Joshua Chapter guy. And Kip Limo for distance, Donovan Brazier, but you can't you can't really sell an 800 meter shoe as like the as a money maker really. It's got to be yeah. a road shoe, hasn't it? And at the minute, no one's from yeah. Nike's really on the roads doing things. Um, like yeah. Kip Limo and Chapter Guy will take another few years, and Jeffrey Caramore, Caramore will. It's not really marketable in that sense. So, I think as well, the, the marathon's like a bit unique, isn't it? Because it's the main. It's, sort of, it's obviously such a big mass participation event that the big marathon runners tend to get the most um, coverage outside of the sort of running world. So you're right, they probably need somebody to who's going to come through in the marathon that's going to replace uh, Kipchoge. And it's going to be hard because he's is that, an yeah. absolute superstar. Is that possible? Like Noah Lyles in the sprints has a great personality, but he's not replacing Usain Bolt. Um, no. at, at the minute anyway and I feel like that's going to be the same with Kipchoge there's not going to be another Kipchoge um, no I mean the only per- the, the only way that anyone could to, could even have a chance of becoming the new Kipchoge is first of all they've got to run under two hours in a in, in a, a, in a world race. marathon yeah, yeah. In, a, in a world marathon major or at the Olympics haven't they really or world champs or whatever they've got to run under two hours because until they do that they'll never be what Kipchoge's like so I, it's going to be hard because who's running on? Who do you, who's looking like they're going to run on two hours anytime soon? Well, yeah. Well, Chapter Guy and Kiplimo maybe in ten years' time. Um, 
Yeah, Pat, Jeffrey Carrollmore. Obviously, Candy, if he's run a 57 half marathon, maybe has a chance. But generally, it's also Kipchoge's personality what's a big marketability for him. He's just such a nice guy. Chapter guy's a nice guy, but he's, he's a bit more... He's a bit more of like a laddie lad than Kipchoge. Kipchoge is just humble, very nice type of guy. And yeah. it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but hopefully we can have something. But I don't think Nike will be pushing the super shoe as hard as they have been doing in the past. Yeah, I think, and you know, so we don't talk about Kipchoge the whole time, but he is, you know, he's one of those types of athletes that sort of transcends the, the sport. He's a bit sort of like, and I hope I, people don't think I'm overplaying this, but I think he's a bit like Michael Jordan-esque, Tiger Woods-esque. Do you know what I mean? Everyone wants to be Kip, uh, everyone wants to be Kipchoge. Like everyone wants to be Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or, you know, Muhammad Ali sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? He's that, Who's Michael he's Jordan? That sort of guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've just realised I'm not actually recording. So we're going to have to restart this whole podcast. You are recording. Yeah, no, I'm joking. I, I want right, to. <laughs> you can't get me bite. You can't get me to bite that easily. But people should know. Probably we should say this now. We have absolutely no script here, do we? This is literally off the top of our no heads. I've got my notebook in front of me with literally nothing written in it. So yeah, same. I, well, this is just a la- last minute podcast. We were supposed to record one this morning, and for multiple reasons, we didn't record it. So that should be coming to maybe, maybe on Wednesday or Thursday. Stu McSwain podcast. Uh, which is exciting, and we will get back on the podcast grind uh, hopefully soon with some big guests. I was really gutted because I had a really great question that I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you saw this because I re- replied to the story, which was who would win in a thumb war between Stewie McSwain and Matt Ramsden? Actually, yeah, that's on my whiteboard to ask him. I've got that as down hard hitting journalistic questions. <laughs> that's the sort of content you get from Trackster. Matt, but yeah, well. This is sorry. This is what I'm thinking though. Say if we do go to altitude and train with and go with the Ingebrigtsons, I'd get I'd sit them down and go. So Jakob, <laughs> what's your favourite Fortnite skin? Just stuff like that. I, I... <laughs> That's once you'd caught your breath and like hadn't stumbled on your words uh, to yeah. start with because you'd be so starstruck. No, I, I'd definitely ask him as well. I, I've, I've, I obviously I think because I'm absolutely obsessed with Ingebrigtsons, I constantly think in my head questions I'd ask them if I got a chance to interview them. And I'd get clips of all the races Jacob's fallen over him and ask him which one hurt the most because he's fallen over in many races and three of them have been in championship races. The European Championships, um, the World Championships and also the World Championships again. Uh, and he's I'm fallen sure. over the last lap every single time in the, in the championships as well. So. He's going to be absolutely buzzing about that as well, isn't he? Some yeah. upstart from England coming over, ready for his interview. So, which time, which of these times you fell over in a championship is your least favourite? <laughs> and, then, and then I'd ask him which which race out of these was the easiest to win. And it'd be the Peyton Jordan where he beat uh, Centuritz and Chalimo out of nowhere. Uh, the Europeans and just, just stuff like that. Um, I just, you know. And then I'd ask Philip and Jakob, I'd ask Philip and Henrik, what's it like li- living in your teenage brother's shadow? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I love them all. <laughs> you, and you so would. You would, though. You'd have to. Because and surely he's not a teenager answered, anymore, to be fair. So. Yeah, but surely they've asked that before. They've been asked that before on the, the you know, Kardashian sort of um, TV series they have in Norway because Jakob's clearly the biggest star, isn't he? 
Yeah, but the way I see it, if there was no Hemrick, there wouldn't have been a Philip or Jakob. And if there was no Philip, there wouldn't have been a Jakob. So really, all of them play just as big a part. And all of them, again, are are incredible athletes. And none of them are by any means finished anywhere near their career. Like They haven't even moved onto the road yet, any of them, really. So Yeah, that's true. And actually, that reminds me, I'm actually going to call out Philip and Inga Britson. I know we usually do beef at the end of the podcast, but I'm calling him out now because he is it yesterday, I think, or the day before, he, he posted a video on Instagram TV of um, Jakob talking about his Garmin and a few other things in Norwegian. So I just commented on it saying, can you record this in English too, please? Really politely with a nice smiley face. He then replies saying, sorry, uh, this video is for Norwegians only with the Norway flag. I was like, that is harsh. I know, like, I know they hate on us Brits sometimes because of Brexit, but, you know, that's a bit, I just think it's a bit harsh. And I've been getting, like, hate the whole time. Are you sure it wasn't just for, like, a Garmin, like, a Garmin advert that was in Norway and you were just being very um, narcissistic about it? Is that the right word? Narcissistic? I don't know. I'm not, my English Um, isn't the best. No, I was no, I, I well, I don't know because it was all in Norwegian, so I don't know what it was about. That's what I was saying. It, but they looked like they were having a laugh about something. So I just said, "Oh, can you record in English too, please?" And he, to be fair, he liked my comment and then put, "Sorry, this video is for Norwegians only." Bit bit nationalistic for me. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and learn Norwegian, to be honest. Yeah, I, but we, I think that's the only way because if they're gonna be, you know particularly when we get there and interview them and they're like, we don't answer questions in English. That's going to be a bit struggling. Be honest, though. How excited were you when Philip replied to you? Was that a first view? Yeah, I was, I was buzzing, yeah. I was when, buzzing. When, when Hemrick followed us, I almost died inside. And Joe, what's even worse? So I sent, I tagged Jacob, Ben Crawford and Philip all in a story. And Ben Crawford liked it. But do you know when you can click on your DM and it shows the like the story post and it says this is liked yeah. by, it said it was liked on Jacob's DMs and I clicked on it and it said liked by Ben Crawford and I was like why has that come up on there, and I literally almost died inside. Um, if somehow any yeah. of them are listening to this, I'll probably clip parts of this just to let them know the Ingebrigtsons how obsessed we are with them, because yeah, truthfully, Jacob, Henrik, and Philip, if you are listening to this, I would happily have your dad adopt me in a second and move to Norway. And I heard no one's living in your basement at the minute. So I'd happily take that spot as well. So just yeah, put that question the, out there. Like Harry Potter, just put him under the stairs. Um, no, they've got, they've got a basement, like what's a full house. Like all the kids you know live think? in it, like when they get older and then they move you've out. The ba- you've got to earn the basement. You can't just turn up and get in the basement. You've got to like, get in the cupboard first. Shows what you made of. But I actually feel like, by the way, because obviously Stewie McSwain and Matt Ramsden are obviously listening to this pod as well. Sorry that we started talking about you and instantly started talking about the Inga Britsons. That probably shows how obsessed we are. I can't, I don't even know how he, how he moved on to it, to be honest. It's, no, I don't either. But it started with me saying, I want to find out who's going to win in a thumb war between Stewie Mech and Matt Ramsden. I, I, I am should, sorry, I think they should make a video. Uh, yeah, but I am sorry, but Matt Ramsden would absolutely annihilate Stewie McSwain in a thumb war. Yeah. Yeah, my money's on. My money's I bet on Matt Ramsden's well. got proper lanky thumbs as well because he's, he's a <laughs> lanky guy. Lanky thumbs versus little simpy, simpy stubs. Yeah, little arm, arm, arm warmer fingers. 
Yeah. Joking, Stewie. Joking. I'm not. I'm not. Um, very briefly before we get on to tracks to stuff. Next generation track and field by Ben Crawford. He he's obviously changed his name, Next Generation, and he's sold magazines. They sold out yeah. within 30 minutes and he, he made three thousand pounds or three thousand dollars. Obviously not profit because of the cost yeah. and stuff, but do you think that's a new wave the sort of social media aspect like driving that money? Like three thousand dollars in thirty minutes isn't bad going. Yeah, I, I mean, it absolutely is. And it shows because he's basically burst onto the scene in 2020, really, without really much following before. And it just goes to show you how how powerful social media and the YouTube is. And obviously, it's to a certain extent, it's very... And you can un- absolutely understand why. His first release uh, is obviously quite... It's going to attract the diehard fans, if you know what I mean, because there's only 100 copies of it. Yeah, um, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying it, I thought it was priced quite expensively. But I know he's trying to reduce the price, um, and I can understand why the first issue was priced quite highly. Um, but it just goes to show that there is a market that people want to know about this sport. And maybe for too many years, too many people have done the sport down and said it's not marketable, it doesn't get the interest. But I think they're wrong. And it's, you know, Athletics Weekly relaunched as well this year, didn't they? And that's going really well. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, fair play to Ben Crawford for making it an international thing as well with lots of young people getting involved. That's cool. Uh, I hope he's listening to this. But to be fair, all the social media people, like obviously most of the time you hear like, oh, what you see online isn't actually how they are in person. But I have to speak here for, I'm going to speak for Ben Crawford, the Athlete Special and Zach Levitt they are all some of the nicest people I've ever spoken to like online and they're just great people. So that's, that's good to see that the people who actually are pushing the sport are actually really nice people as well. Like Ben Crawford literally is probably one of the other people who is passionate about the sport as much as I am. Um, and then like Spencer and Zach Levitt as well, just you can talk to them all the, all the time and they'd be just, really helpful about anything like any questions you have about like youtube or anything they're always happy to answer so yeah just just a little uh some words from the heart there and yeah please, it shows what dif- no, sorry to interrupt this is the it's... difficulty about recording the podcast over zoom um it just shows what a great like sport athletics and running is that people who have you know done well for themselves and got themselves a decent profile and essentially are well, like they're like famous, aren't they? I suppose in the sport, are still prepared to um, to help people out and to you know offer their words of wisdom. So it's good to see. Yeah, I always find Alfie, it funny. Alfie's nothing. Alfie's nothing like he is on the podcast. He's an absolute in in real life. Don't worry, guys. No, I, I'm I am exactly how I am on the pod. No, I'm exactly how I am on YouTube. Um, a little bit awkward and horrible to have hold a conversation with um but I, i'd speak for everyone here like craig engels sam parsons centuries everyone is just like if you told me a year ago i could message matthew centuries and he'd reply or i could I, I have literally speak with sam parsons quite frequently and even like the athlete special and stuff is crazy and like henrik ingerbritson like come on like you absolutely made it really when you think about it and this, but this leads us quite on nicely, maybe, to talking about Trackster because 
Um, obviously, I've only been involved over the last sort of four or five months, whatever, but um, it just shows to show how quickly you've managed to get it from Team Inga Britain uh, into, I'm saying it, I'm saying it, the biggest, you know, running athletics social media account in the UK. Well, yeah, well, the thing is, he's changed my mind. We don't have the biggest influence yet. I'd still say Athletics Weekly is definitely has more pull because of just the power they've got in the infrastructure. But honestly, if, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd like to think us and Lloyd Kempson and Sam Crick could have done something huge over the last year. Um, and hopefully that's going to happen in 2021 where we can actually be a legitimate output of really good content. That's, again... Like we just said, we're going to try and do that a lot this year. Is one of the biggest goals is lots of race videos and lots of videos of people training, a lot, a lot of content, a lot of articles, a lot of podcasts, just a lot of everything really. Um, starting a team. Sorry, I'm going through this quick. We'll break it down in a second and talk about one individually. But like, one of the biggest things is starting a team and actually getting them sponsored. Like, as in, we'll keep the team neutral. So there'd be no, like, sponsored athletes can have separate, um, like, say, for example, if someone was sponsored by Nike and wanted to join, they could join and it wouldn't implicate, like, their sponsors. Um, but we would get, like, nutrition sponsors and stuff like that. So if anyone's listening who wanna, wants to help out on that, please, please drop us a message. But Yeah, 100%. A lot of things obviously written down and a lot of things might not happen, but that, that's sort of the goals. I just want to hear your thoughts on that. As well, I don't know why. I'm well, just actually, if you don't mind, I would. I because I you're uh, you're the you're the I've got it, like makes me feel sick saying it. You're like the boss of Trackster and the the brainchild behind so much. But what if if you could have a an idea of where you would like Trackster to be by the end of 2021? What would you say? In what context, though? What 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 do you mean? Well. Um, if okay how about this uh how would you like if people were to describe trackster by the end of 2021 so people who follow the page fans of the page and someone said oh what's this trackster all about what would you what would you want them to just how would you want them to describe trackster i basically want people to see trackster how people who listen to this podcast see trackster because anyone listens to this podcast is a true sort of i want to say fan of the sport um or like a a, a loyal follower to Trackster. I'd want people to know Trackster as something that's a outlet outlet for athletics as a whole, but also different and interesting content of, of athletics and whether that's race footage, well, including race footage, training footage, articles, news, everything. And I know that's a lot, but I basically just want to basically just dominate everything in the sport by dominate i don't mean take over everything and just but like i mean i basically i mean cover everything and cover it well would be the ideal scenario yeah and i, and I think i think i you know as, as someone who uh, is involved i think that's exactly where we where we where we're trying to go isn't it and you know hopefully by bringing lots of different sorts of content that people and we hope people like it whether it's the informative videos that you've been doing on the training or the articles about you know we did one yesterday about injury um prevention with you know with with a real leader in the field in sort of sports therapy 
so hopefully we can bring this a big spectrum of content across the running the world that everyone can get on board so as you say when people think of trackster they just think that is the go-to for everything running and athletics if you want news if you want entertainment like this podcast or if you want to be or if you want education about how to get better as a runner how to stay injury free how to or you want to learn about specific uh, how specific athletes train um that's the that is the sort of the goal isn't it and then yeah, and I think also growing British athletics. Obviously, would still post world, global, international athletics as well. But I, US have a lot of platforms what help US athletes a lot, and we will continue to obviously do that as well. But growing British, British, Brit, I can't speak. Growing British say. athletics as a whole would be amazing. Working with all the big people in this, like in the this country, to try and like just explore like the amount of people we can reach on a more mass yeah. mass scale because running in the uk is nothing compared to running in the us like literally it's like nothing at all like the best university in the uk for running is loughborough and i'd go as far as say that's d3 in the us definitely d2 standard and bear in mind that that's what all the best runners in the UK pretty much are. And it's like D- division two standard. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not even, com- it's not even a comparison. And there's such a and stigma I mean, of mileage in the UK and a stigma of like working hard and stuff that people just don't progress as much. And most people have to go out to the U S to progress, progress. And I'd want to, the, I want there to be a place in the UK where people could go where they didn't, where they could actually progress and do it professionally, even if they weren't like didn't have the opportunities previously. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I, and part of that is the culture as well in the UK is slightly different. And hopefully, you know, there's definitely been an uptake in, in more people running um, since we went into lockdown back in March. But it's trying to get the concept of running or athletics more generally. But obviously, we're slightly biased towards more distance running into the sort of culture of the UK because. Ultimately, that is what is going to drive the sport in this country is for people, um, well, frankly, you know, people like me, essentially, who aren't elite or, you know, even nearly elite, effectively taking up the sport because we uh, want to get healthier and fitter and essentially falling in love with it and um, and realising how, A, fun it can be, and B, how great it is for your mental and physical health. And then when you combine those two together and you get more interested in it, then you know, people in the UK are going to want to tune in to watch, you know, uh, video race videos to go to meets to um, to listen to the running pod. <laughs> you know, that's the idea. And I'm, and hopefully, if every single person who wants to get more involved in running and athletics does so by going to Trackster to get their content, then that's that's got to be the, the way to do it, hasn't it? Yeah, I think the thing is, is some way trying to find, obviously it's getting the platform big enough, but then it's trying to find ways to get, because running is the biggest participation sport in the world. Like it's got the most participants, the most hobby runners or whatever. But then actually getting those people into fans of the sport just doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Um, And I think that's the biggest thing is getting people to be a participant in the sport and actually being a fan. Because if you look at other sports, American football, for example, out of college, 
who how many people are playing American football? How many people are watching it? Yeah. Basketball. How many people are playing basketball? How many people are watching it? Running. There's countless many more people running than watching running. Mm. And that's the issue. But we, you know, it's all right saying for us, and and we're sort of maybe transgre- um, tra- uh, not transgressing, maybe uh, digressing slightly. But we need a bit of help with that because, you know, at the end of the day, basketball, American football, you can turn on Sky at literally any day of the week, and you can there's like a Sky NFL channel. You know, you don't, and the only channel maybe that has the sort of athletics coverage is like Eurosport, but it's so like niche and so, uh, you know, you've got to pay extra for it and all this sort of stuff that people just don't get it, um, you know, beamed onto their screens as much as as much as they should. And that would encourage people, I think, to get involved in the sport as well as more city centre. Yeah, absolutely. Races like, you know, like the F, you know, like the F1 where they go like, Monaco Grand Prix is like through the city. Do you know what I, I mean? Say, Why? I know. I know this is off tangent a bit, but the Monaco, Monaco. Wow, I loved going you've to Monaco. Been to, you've been to Monaco, have you? And the fact that God. there's a Grand Prix in Monaco doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense how they can have a Grand Prix race in Monaco. Like when you're there, you can see race, how it? ridiculous it is. Like it's it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's Sorry, actually no, um, but you know that sort of concept is why can't we have? Um, and we've spoken about this on the pod before, but why can't we have like five k races or three k races through like city centres where people can come and? And obviously it's all COVID at the moment, but when that all dies down, um, you know how fun would it be to watch like a fast mile or like a three k with, you know, the biggest athletics and running teams in the country like Tracks the Elite against. You know, I don't know. Give us a name. All the other losers. All the other losers. Um, people to turn up and watch it, and that's how people get involved in the sport. And kids think that looks fun. I want to have a go at that. Um, so, Seb, if, if you listen to this, Seb, um, Seb Co. By the way, or Lord Sebastian Co. If anyone, or President <laughs> Sebastian Co. I don't know. Just hire me. Call them, just call it all. Let's call in all of them, just so we don't offend them. Lord President. Lord. President Lord, Sebastian Coe, probably what I think MBE, he's a sir as well. MBE yeah. sir, Olympic champion, uh, previous world record holder, etc. Just just hire me for, for World Athletics. And hire us, hire us. Hire sorry, us. H- hire me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, it's, it's one of them where I feel like some younger people in the sport in the UK like Lloyd Kempson and Sam Crick have two people come to mind, but even like Pace Productions. And and I know they might be listening to this and you know you, that you copyright a lot of things that I don't know how you get away with it. And it's very annoying, but even you, you copywriting races and actually posting them on Instagram is doing well for the sport because it's showing people yeah. some exciting races. And I don't know how you do it because we always get told off when that happens, but I don't want to encourage copyright. Just done that. <laughs> I don't want to encourage copyright either, but like carry on doing it while you can because them races just bring more excitement and we can't do it. So it'd be nice. I, I, I love seeing Mo Farah and Kenisa Bikili sprint down the home straight of the Great North Run and stuff like that. So no, I don't, in fact, stop doing it because I don't want you to get in trouble. But if all just pl- please people of people who own those races, let us start posting it 
because it helps. And I don't get why there's such a stigma like you can't post that, you can't post that. I never see any basketball stuff getting taken down, like I like copyright of basketball. Like I never see any footage ever get taken down. And it's like I reckon it's yeah. Sorry. I was just I reckon it's because the running the the races that are televisable. I know that's not a word, but the the running races that are actually televisable, they get they have to go through so much, you know, red tape red, to, red to tape. actually be able to be able to own the video and the, the rights to the video in the first place, because you know people we're a bit it's a bit stuck up, isn't it? That we're a bit stuck up in this in this sport where oh you know it's oh I don't feel we can sell the rights to that oh we can't let people make money because you know that would be really bad, and so you know these companies end up spending probably a bit more money than they would like to. And so we're a bit overprotective of of the content. Whereas if we maybe change the ethos a bit and just thought, you know, how do we grow the sport? Well, obviously we grow the sport by letting more people watch it for less money. And, you know, that is what is going to pay everyone more money, including World Athletics. Well, I'm going to go on a rant here. Okay. So first of all, you've already made your money from the race. It's just sat there now. Let Let other people share it. And what's it going to do bring more attention to the next race that's literally the only thing what it's going to do and that's a benefit in everyone involved secondly flow track you're a disgrace to the sport you, you like you've got a payment wall behind any race pretty much what people watch how are people supposed to get into the sport i know you've got to make money but there's other ways to make money than that and I, even if they offer a subscription service to more inclusive things the people who still pay for flow track will still play for flow track. It's just ridiculous. And the fact that they're so biased and so shielded and don't cover everything, it's just ridiculous. And there's some good people at flow track. And at the end of the day, it's just awful. Like I literally posted a YouTube video. What didn't feature anything on flow track and they still copyright striked it. And it, the video got taken down. This was the Linda marathon one, wasn't it? Yeah. And literally we made a, we made a yeah. uh, total running productions. Yeah, we made a Total Running Productions style video. We literally pretty much used the same footage as Total Running Productions, just coincidentally, because it was obviously the London Marathon. And Flowtrack took the video down when it didn't have anything to do with Flowtrack. And it's like, why are you being like this? Like, I don't I, I don't know. They, they could probably sue me. I don't know what, what they'd do for this. Oh, well, you could tell me if they'd sue me, but like, they're just disgusting. And yeah, well, they could try. it ruins the sport. Yeah, good boy. And yeah, I, fair enough, they create a platform. A lot of people probably benefit from it. And it does bring hype, as in them posting on Instagram and stuff. But to actually see the races is the main thing. And they're charging people extortionate amount of money a month to watch these races. And I've never spoken to anyone who said flow tracks good value for money. Um, but they just have they just have to pay for it because they want to watch races. Like what kind of business model is that? Yeah, and uh, you know, um, the example of the London Marathon, the annoying thing about the London Marathon was they were charging people to watch the London, which is why they tried to strike the video, because they were charging people to watch the London Marathon, uh, which which was free to view for everyone else, because it was on the BBC, and it was, you know, so, but if you were, if you lived in America, the only way you could watch London Marathon, I think this is the case anyway, was through a payment wall from Flowtrack, but everyone else got to watch it for free. 
And that just shows you the diff- maybe the difference in the mentality is, you know, arguably, arguably one of the biggest running re- races, ever, you know, every year. Why we should just make it free to air so everyone can watch it and enjoy it and uh, hopefully get inspired by it. And the fact, the amount of money they'd make from ad placement in those videos would outdo the individuals only subscribing to Flowtrack to watch that video. To like, they'd make more more money from advertisers than a payment wall in that case. Um, yeah, absolutely. I never, I never, I've never seen. It's just not innovative. I've never seen them sell any merch. I might be wrong. They probably have, but I've never seen them sell any clothes. I've never seen them do coaching. They probably have, but what I'm saying is, I've never seen it. They can make so much more money than that, and yeah, and and they 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 pinch all our interviewers, interviewees as well, because they basically we interview people and they end up interviewing them about three weeks later. But to read their article, you've got to pay however much money a month. And I find that ridiculous, especially like read athletes. You've got to pay to read an interview from an athlete. Brilliant. Thank you. That's definitely going to help the athlete. It's like... Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether the athlete gets paid for that, in fairness, but I don't know if that is the case. But I hope not. I hope they do. But, um, before, because before obviously... This, sorry, before we before we get this podcast taken down by Flowtrack, because that's probably what they'll do. Uh, I, I might try and wrap it up in a second, but I just wanted to add... Sorry for interrupting you as well. I was just I was just scared that this was going to drag on longer than it had to, and we were Stand going to get in trouble. Don't worry, don't worry, um, you're the boss. But yeah, I am. That's right. Um, He's so power hungry. This another, is what you like in real life, listeners. No, no. Another thing though is the fact that Flowtrack screenshot Noah Lyle's tweet, screenshot Noah Lyle's pic, Noah Lyle's picture, put the tweet on top of the picture, which a lot of people do, and then put the watermark in the top right corner of Flowtrack yeah. and post it on Instagram. It wasn't your photo. It wasn't your tweet. So why are you putting your watermark on it? Absolute shambles, isn't it? That is, I didn't know that. That is, I would call that a Western supermare. You can't, you also, can't do that. And Go also, the, sorry again, um, the funny thing is when Athlete Special joined um, Brooks Beast, it, they Flowtrack used one of the Athlete Special's photos without, without asking them for it and then put, it behind, put the article behind a payment wall. They didn't, they didn't ask Spencer for the photo and then they put it behind a payment wall. Yeah, if anyone else did that to them, they'd copyright it straight away. And it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we could talk about flow track all day and how, you know, they're a disgrace to the sport and they're spoiling the sport. You know, it's the examples are endless, aren't they? But the most recent one was just the Sam Atkin interview, um, which was particularly, I just found particularly amusing. Because, and as well, and I know I'm not sort of bigging myself up here, but the the interview with Sam Atkin that we did was probably about a third longer and covered way more material than the one that Flowtrap did. Um, and yet you've got to pay for that. And we bring we bring you the goods for free. Yeah. Down the line, we probably would implement a subscription on some stuff, but like, Stuff yeah. was actually, and we're not going to ever stop viewers from viewing the sport. Like it'd be like exclusive, like probably like discount codes or like merch or like stuff. Do like, like a subscription where you could probably get something like physical, area. yeah, or just something like that. But we'd never actually have a subscription where you have to pay to view the actual basics of the sport. But anyway, right, 
I'm going to wrap this podcast podcast up because I've got to upload it and get it out straight away. And also I've got to, I've got to do 10K in circuits. So is there anything else you'd like to say before we, before we get off? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear. What happened there? Oh, that's my earphones gone. Hello. Oh, well, this isn't getting edited, so this is this is prime content. Um, all I said was, is there, is there anything you wanted to say before we get off the podcast? Oh, I think I think the Wi-Fi is deteriorating. I'm just going to end the podcast here. Okay, right. Is there anything you want to say before we finish the podcast off? Oh no! <laughs> right, okay, After right. No, no, thank you for listening. To say. I'll um, <laughs> hopefully see you on Wednesday or Thursday with a Stu McSwain podcast. And other than that, have a nice Monday evening to whoever whoever's listening. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Josh, for being part of this co-host co-hosting arrangement or whatever. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm just waffling on. Goodbye. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. And subscribe to Tracks on YouTube. Thank you. Ciao.